Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joe Maniac, and today we are going to be talking about a topic that both Mitch and I realized, had our guest not brought it up, I don't know that we would have ever chosen it, and it's a way to talk about making character sheets better and more important for you and your players at the table. But rather than talk any more about that, Let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. So we're excited for this segment of the meat today. I want to introduce you to Paul Shapiro, Chief Finance Goblin for Beetle, Chief Finance Goblin and founder one of the founders of Beetle and Grimm's Pandemonium Warehouse. Paul, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So as we do with all of our guests, we have a little bit of an interview section. Mm -hmm. And we just want to ask, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Long walks on the beach, um, just anything like that. Sure. Uh, So um, uh, as one of the founders of uh, Beetle and Grimm's, a big part of how that all started is I actually um, used to be an actor and I went to acting school with the other three of the other four founders. So Matt Lillard, Bill Rayor, and John Ciccolini and I all went to acting school together actually here in New York City where I live. Uh, surprisingly, of the four of us, one of us became more famous than the other three. And I'll let you guess which one that, uh, that was. But it, uh, I love it was, all of Bill's work. I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it is, um, yeah, but it's, it's uh, not for lack of, uh, lack of trying. But, uh, so, but we actually met in, in acting school. And one of the things that we did once we all sort of got over sort of initially, you know, who are these people? We realized that we all love D&D. And so in acting school, we would, after a long day of acting and rehearsals, whatever, we would actually go into the, the lobby of this big Broadway theater where we had our classes. And after everybody else left, and we would set up and we would play D&D until two or three in the morning uh, in fantastic. the lobby of this Broadway theater. And we did that. And so that's how we started. So we started playing D&D together as, as actors, which, as you can imagine, is a great group of people to, yeah. to play with. Everyone, you know, commits to their characters. Yeah, I expect everybody to be super shy and doesn't want. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot of fun and we did that for a long, long time. Eventually, we all went off. Everybody else moved to LA actually, except me. So they all now live in LA. Um, and it was, and we just kept playing. We just kept playing D and D. We've been playing it together for 25 years. Um, and it was a few years ago that we were up at uh, wizards of the coast. Um, Matt had actually been invited to their, the first of their sort of streaming events to announce, um, I think it was tomb of horrors. And, uh, he said, well, I'm only going to go if you fly up uh, the rest of my gaming crew with me. And they agreed. So we all went up. We spent the weekend in Seattle playing D&D, <clears throat> having a great time. Uh, and while we were there, we just pitched Wizards and said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we made these really high-end box sets for your adventures? And I mean, not thinking that they would agree. <laughs> and they said, sure, give it a shot. Uh, and at which point we realized we had to figure out how to 
how to put together a company. None of us had done anything like this before. But yeah, and then we put it together and we, uh, we you know, came out with uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist the following year and uh, have been plugging away as Beetle and Grimm's ever since. Fantastic. How long, can I ask, how long ago did you start playing Dungeons and Dragons or role-playing games? Oh, so I started playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, when I was 10. Okay, yeah. Um, so. so that was AD&D. And I, I mean, I will say that there was not a lot of playing. There was a mm-hmm. lot of looking at the books and imagining <laughs> what it would be like. Yeah. And then I think I ran into one or two people. We played a couple of times. But then it really, I didn't really play much again until acting school, until I was, you know, in my early 20s, supposedly a totally serious professional. Uh, then then we, we, that's when we started in again. And the guys that I play with, I've been playing with um, for a long time. We also, we did a little bit of LARPing at that point because John Ciccolini, one of the founders, his older brother, Rob Ciccolini, uh, who one runs D&D Online, uh, oh, nice. the, the, uh, the multiplayer game, but he also runs a LARP up in Massachusetts. And so we also went up and did some LARPing uh, early on. And that's actually where the, uh, the goblins came from. We spent most of that first weekend as a, as a party of inept goblins uh, harassing players. So we were, <laughs> we were awesome. NPCs. Yeah. But we just went around and, uh, and harassed people uh, yeah. as, as goblins. And we would, you know, we would negotiate <laughs> with them and, we would harangue them and we were terrified. You've definitely hit on like the number one way you could involve me personally in a LARP. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could be a character as much. Oh yeah. I, I think I invest so much in, in like who that character is. And I don't know that I could like get my mind to be like, okay, I'm only going to get to do this in this specific way. But if I was an NPC, I would do it in a heartbeat and mess with people in a bad way. You, well, you, you, you should do it. I mean, we only did it a few times back then, but uh, it, there were some great weekends. I mean, it was just, you know, it was Friday to Sunday, uh, just sort of, it was on an old um, a summer camp after the summer was over, so it was cold, uh, and we just had a great time. Yeah. I, I asked that question because I, I was wondering, what do you think that your 10-year-old self would say if you were able to jump in a time machine, head back and say, hey, this book right here? <laughs> This is going to be your job one day. <laughs> uh, I think he would have thought that that was uh, incredibly cool. I actually yeah. have two. I have two sons right now, one of whom is 11. Uh, and he does think that uh, the Beetle and Grib stuff is, is awesome. pretty darn cool. He especially loves it when, you know, I get samples of the stuff. And we just, uh, we just started getting shipments of um, our plushy Yeti Tyke. So we have a, a Yeti Tyke that... Um, uh, we did as a promotional uh, item for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, and so those are just now shipping. And so we got a couple of those, and my son was very, very excited. Fantastic! And that's that's a great segue to to ask you. Uh, so you're yeah. talking you're talking a little bit about it already, but what uh, what are you guys working uh, on over at Beetle and Grimm that, of course, you can tell us about that you can talk to us about? Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing that we're working on right now uh, that we're really excited about is we have our first ever Kickstarter which is for what we're calling the Complete Character Chronicles Mm. for Pathfinder. Uh, And this is an idea that we actually have had for years. We were banging around. It was one of the first things that we thought of when we started the company, Beetle and Grimm's. Uh, And what we wanted to do was we wanted to create something that was more than just 
uh, a character sheet or a, or a journal, but was really something that was both useful at the table, but also something that would, you know, sort of preserve the history of your character. You know, Beetle and Grimm's, the, the company, is named after two uh, of the characters from the game that we played. So Matt's character was Beetle, Bill's character was Grimm. Just so we're clear, my character's name was Tanner, but he got his head cut off at third level and put in a jar. And so we didn't, uh, he didn't get to be uh, part of the company name. But one of the things that we realized is there's so many stories about those characters that we wish that we had sort of written them down in some way that we could remember them and, and, and reference them again. And so we've always wanted to do that. So this Kickstarter, these complete character chronicles, working with Pathfinder and Paizo, what we've been able to do is come up with one, an extended uh, character sheet that lets you, you know, have room for everything, right? Because when you print a character sheet with just a couple of pages, you're always sort of trying to squeeze things in. Yeah. yeah what but, can I write on the know, back that there isn't a yeah, space exactly. for? Yeah. The margins. But, but with a book, it's like we can have as many pages as we want. And then there's a whole journal section. And the great thing about the journal section is that it has, you know, it has art, it has maps, it has grids, it has all kinds of these, these really cool prompts. So it'll, there's a section where in the middle of the journal, it'll just, it'll say, list your, you know, 10 uh, greatest enemies. And you can just sort of, as you're going through, keep track of, you know, who your enemies are or, you know, your friends. If it's a wizard, you can, there's a place to draw your wizard keep. But then the thing that we were wait, we had been waiting on for so long that we sort of felt we needed to do in order to make this work was it took Paizo uh, giving us a license to be able to put all of the rule information for that class into the book. Because that's the thing that we always felt, you know, we wanted, right? Like it's one thing to have a character sheet, it's one thing to have a journal, but you know, without having all of the information about well, like my spell book and my feats and the rules and that kind of stuff, it just never felt like it was a complete, you know, single thing that you could bring to the table. So it took us several years, but we finally met the right folks at Paizo. We talked to them. We got sort of the official license and they, they love this idea and they've been great in terms of, you know, they gave us access to their advanced player's guide before it was published so that we were able to include not just core rulebook information, but also advanced player's guide information all in this book. So it's been a really exciting thing to see this, this idea come to fruition uh, and working with a company like Paizo to do it. And so now, you know, we're just excited about getting people to actually see it and, and, uh, and buy them. Well, and I'm looking at it right now. So well, <laughs> if, you, if, if you ever happen to see the video of this, you're all looking at it behind me too. But I'm looking at the Kickstarter and you're well overfunded at the time of this recording, which is amazing. And hopefully that just continues. And anyone listening, you'll find a link in the show notes definitely to go check out. We will get into a little bit more of character sheets, but we have our last piece of oh, the yeah. interview. It is the surprise question. Um, okay. So prepare yourself because I'm just going to tell you the question and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So as we all know, Tanner was beheaded um, after they died so that the party could turn in the bounty on them. If Tanner could say one thing to Beetle and Grimm from the great beyond, what would it be other than he has no body to go with? <laughs> what would Tanner say? Tanner would say, get me out of here. <laughs> Is what he would say. Oh, well, he wanted, he so desperately wanted to go back and continue adventuring. 
but uh, I will say I think that the rest of the the rest of the guys were probably happy that I switched from playing a bard to playing a cleric. I think they were tired of my impromptu songs. Um, <laughs> well, you can thank uh, Justice for that question <laughs> because he recorded first. Oh, right. Yeah. See, that's why I'm always in favor of bumping Justice off the list whenever <laughs> possible. Yes. So to just jump into the idea of character sheets, I, th- I think oh, yeah. they, 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 go, they often go as like a supplemental piece before and during. Like, and I'm speaking anecdotally, and if you both want to just tell me I'm silly, just go right ahead. But I think it's true. Like I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I printed three pages and oh, no, no. And then I did this thing. But then it becomes one of my most treasured things that I still have. Some of the old character sheets I pointed behind me, but I have a virtual background. You can't see they're back there Um, because I literally have one, one of my best role-playing sessions from the Gen Con two years ago. Uh, I have that and it's signed by everyone at the table because of that game was so special for all of us. And that character sheet now means as much as the, the game, because I can look at that and I can feel all of that. And think about the that session. In, in in some ways, I feel like it's lacking as well because I like it is just a printed paper sheet, paper sheet with my stats on it. Um, so I think one of the things is just talking about using character sheets at the table, and obviously you have a lot of information because like building it out into, and you you've got me with alliteration, the complete character chronicles. But the ideas behind of like what how to use a character sheet at the table before, during, after kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that that I love about character, I mean, I love character sheets. I mean, because, you know, it, it, it's the sort of representation of your character. And by the time you've even just played one or two sessions, you know, you've invested so much of yourself in this character and, and, and really love them. You know, one of the things that that found to be a, you know, a challenge is that, especially when you're just printing out character sheets, oftentimes, you know, at, at the end of each session, You'll sort of up, you'll print out a new one. You'll update your new character sheet and get rid of the old one. And you know you're always trying to sort of keep it clean. And so you you lose a lot of the the notes and the experience of each of those sessions. And and it is true trying to like separately keep a journal. I remember when I early on when I was playing, I had a like I had a journal. And after every session, you know, I'd make a point of writing out like what happened. Uh, and it was just like a you know a, a, a spiral notebook or something. But, you know, going back and looking at that was really cool and, and also helpful when, you know, I was trying to remember what I did. But, you know, I don't, I don't think I know what happened to some of those, those, uh, those notebooks. They got reused, pages fell out. So one of the things is we really wanted to come up with a way to have that character sheet be more than just the stats on a uh, sort of a disposable stats on a page. We wanted to create something that really felt more like uh, that character that you're investing in, you know, that sort of physical representation of, you know, a, a, a person, a persona that, you know, in terms of whether they, they do heroic things or not, you want to be able to keep with you and, and, uh, and reference. So that's been a big part of, of why we're doing it and, and why we think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to have at the table. You know, it's interesting because like every player out there is different and like that certainly is going to come into play with what's going to be useful and helpful and used on a character sheet. But even just thinking about like every player out there being different, I know I've, I've heard stories of, cause I've never experienced this, but I've heard stories of, Oh, like 
I was playing a character and my character died. And when my character died, I took my character sheet and I ripped it up. I've heard stories of people doing that. I have never seen a person doing, doing that. What I do know is I have a lot of players at my table and myself included when a character dies or a story ends that like Neil, they keep them. And, you know, uh, like you said, Paul, maybe some of them get lost after years of playing and you're like, I don't even know where this is, but I know a lot of my players save them. And I've even as a DM asked my players uh, if they still have certain character sheets, because as a DM running games uh, and stories in the same world, I've brought back characters that have survived adventures as old old um you know they are they're the sensei to uh the new characters or just an npc Uh, and it's fantastic to be able to go hey mark do you still have that character sheet for ricks can i see that Uh, and mm -hmm. then you go through that character sheet and you see things that remind you of things that you would have completely forgot and you're able to use them as a dm for further stories um, yeah. It, yeah, there's, I, I have not experienced a player ripping up a character sheet. I know that that's happened. What I have experienced is a lot of players clinging onto those things because mm-hmm. they, they have memories there and they have importance. And yeah, as a DM, you can still use those characters if they survive that adventure. And even right. if they don't, you can, you can have a bit of history there about this adventurer who died during this famous war. Maybe you find a journal written by them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, and I think that's just a lot of the fun. Like the, there's, you know, one of the things there's a, we have a, uh, a video that we put together on the Kickstarter page that has Matt talking about it. One of the thing, one of the lines in that, in that video, which actually was not written by Matt, but was written by Charlie. Matt just delivered the lines. But one of the lines that was really interesting is that, you know, as characters, we're not here to listen to a story being told. We're here to help tell the story. And so in a way, you know, the character sheet and the sort of the notes of the players are just as much a part of the sort of canon of that adventure world as what the DM comes up with. And so, you know, there's something that we really like. We've, you know, we've been creating things for DMs up, you know, from the beginning of our company, creating boxes and things like that for the DM. And we really wanted to create something for the players, not just because we thought it would be, you know, it would be fun, but that we really think that that's a big part of, you know, reinforcing how this game is meant to be played, that it's the players are contributing as much to the story and to the game as, as the, the DM or the person who wrote the module is. And so giving each player, you know, essentially an adventure book, yeah. right, that they fill out uh, with their ideas and their stories and their, and, and their adventures, we thought was, you know, not only cool, but a little bit of, you know, poetic justice in terms of how, how this whole thing should work together. And that should make so much sense. Like where is Lord, where's the story of Lord of the Rings without Frodo and Aragorn and Gandalf? (laughs) Where is Star Wars without Luke and Han and Leia? Like those characters move the story forward. Right. Well, and I, I love the idea. And this is, this is a practice I took for a really long time until we started using, um, D&D Beyond, I would I would just kind of take everyone's character sheets. There's a lot of reasons why that happens, and none, none of them are necessarily at the outset bad, but we all know the people that you should probably take their character sheet. 
one because I'm just like you lost it again. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why you can't be trusted with this piece of paper. So I'm going to take it. The other is just checking the math, and I don't, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just to, I do yeah. it I, pure neutrality on my part. I'm just like, hey, you guys don't know the rules as well as I do. Like I get it. So then I would check a lot of things. But in the idea that if you already have a way to facilitate all these other stories and ideas. You just you tapped into exactly what each player is thinking because they only wrote down the thing they think is important enough to write down. And mm-hmm. like now you have that feedback even without having a conversation. And my other thing I thought of was like if I had something like the character Chronicles and whatever game you have it in and however you have it set up, what would I add? Like if I did take that for like between sessions, like what are things that mm-hmm. I could also just even because you know we're here dungeon masters box and so not only just figuring out how we can better utilize character sheets in the game, but like what's something that I could add? Did I add a clue in that downtime? Did I add that I change something because it was stolen? Like mm-hmm. we could even use the character sheet as plot hooks and adventure hooks and just pieces added to the story. Like wait, why? They'll go look and they'll be like, oh, what, why is this item gone? I don't know, but it is. <laughs> and then it's just like, wait, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, no, it's gone now. Like, why do you think it's gone? And right. so just thinking about better ways to utilize the character sheet just from a Dungeon Master perspective. Yeah. And also, you know, having a journal at the table, whether it's at the table or, or you know, or afterwards, you know, one of the things that we had a lot of fun with in that journal is instead of just being blank pages, which, you know, can be daunting. And if you're not that kind of a writer, it's like you open up a blank notebook and you start writing and, you know, how interesting is necessarily is that. So we try to make those pages, you know, just fun, right? Like when you open them up and you look at the pages and you see a, a, a line drawing of a, you know, of a magic item or like the wizard book has all of these, you know, arcane runes that look like they're sort of burned into the pages. You know, it just sort of, it just adds to that feeling of, um, you know, of excitement and wonder. And, and even if you're just adding some notes, like just writing them in that book, it, it looks more heroic and it looks more in world than if you're just writing it on, you know, uh, graph paper, or, uh, you know, a, a college ruled notebook. Well, and let's be honest, <laughs> there have been many times where I have said to a, a player, all right, I'm not writing this note down. Like you have the item now, write it down. <laughs> this is important. Like, I don't want you to come back four or five sessions from now and say, what is this thing? <laughs> like, I want you to write the note right, down. Right. And I have, I, I laugh at this point because there are so many times I'm so clear, like, all right, you're in charge. You're responsible. Write it down. And, oh, I lost it. And I'm like, well, I don't yeah. know what that yeah. thing does anymore. I'm sorry. You were yeah. supposed to- <laughs> So to have something where like everything is all in one place, like is, yeah. is fantastic. It really is um, to that it's not like loose pieces of paper, loose notes that have different levels of importance uh, rolling around and potentially falling out in your backpack. And yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, and some of the other things that we've been able to do, one of the great, some of the things that are great about Kickstarter in that, you know, the whole thing about Kickstarter is, you know, you put the product out there, but then as people back it and, you know, you can add and extend it. So some of the things that we've done is, for example, we just unlocked the, what we're calling the battle board, which is just a, you know, a dry erase board that fits into the book, but there's one, but it's specific for each class, right? So just like the character chronicle is specific to each class. So what that lets you do is all the stuff that sometimes 
you know, you sort of write on your character sheet and then erase and then write and then cross out and erase and, and cross out. And it just out. looks so like, messy and gross oh. every and while. Just, yeah, yeah. And that, which then makes you feel like, oh, let me just get rid of it and yep. do a new one. So by having that battle board, you, you get to do all of that, like marking up hit points and what spells have I cast and, you know, how many points do I have left of this in a way that doesn't continually just degrade and mess up the character sheet itself but it's still sort of all together. So that was a nice, it was nice to be able to do that. And nice that, that uh, you know, being able to sort of unlock stretch goals like that, you know, makes it possible. Yeah. I really, yeah, I really love the versatility of, of this kind of project. And mm-hmm. I, I know I, as a DM have certain times for when I'm starting a campaign, I'll, I'll, I'll bring a number of character sheets and then extra, like you can find online, like different, <laughs> add-ons the character sheets and mm-hmm. it really does it comes down to the player it comes down to the character they're playing because one player is going to look at that spell sheet and go oh this is so helpful and the barbarian is going to go yeah i don't need that and i don't need that taking up more space yep. um and yep. there are certain character sheets where it's like you can't even get away from that because the spell sheet is half of one page yeah i just i love the ability to yep. have numerous things and especially the idea of each page being focused in on one type of class is helpful because I know I very rarely get to play as a character, but it is, it's that little annoying thing when you are playing a like long campaign and you're playing a barbarian and that chunk of your paper is still taken up with spells. (laughs) And you're like, I could use this, this space for something important rather than flipping over my character sheet to the back to write an important note. I love the like focusing in on different classes. So, and, and, and what's been fun is as we've been producing these books, like the wizard book was pretty straightforward. Like we knew that the wizard's going to need all these spells and spell book and places for the spells. But what's been fun has been as we've moved on from that. So, you know, we're right now we're deep in uh, wrapping up the fighter book. Uh, and so coming up with like, what do we, what do we want to do, you know, for fighters? Like they don't need a spell book. So, we did a, uh, so some of the things that we've been doing that have been a lot of fun is we've focused on, for example, creating pages that have all the different, you know, parts of bodies where you can, where you can strike somebody so that as a fighter, you can make marks and comments on like, you know, where I've, where I've attacked people and what, what kinds of strikes and all of the combat rules. We've been expanding those and creating diagrams so that there's diagrams around flanking and, you know, attacks of opportunity. So rules that you need, but taking those little tiny drawings that are in the rule book and expanding them into things that are going to be a lot of fun. So it's been really fun going through and saying like, if I'm a fighter, what are the things that I would, that would, that I need and would be fun as a fighter to have? And it, that, that's just been a lot of fun to do. Yeah. My first thought was the, um, so I've been, I mean, of all the times to begin, what I will tell you is that we started playing Pandemic Legacy right before the real <laughs> pandemic. Um, but that was almost like where my head went. Wind was like, oh, is he going to say feats? And then you could like put the put them in. But then I was like, no, you can't use stickers because like you can change your feats. But yeah, all of it's. But yeah. we are. But, we're, but the great thing is we're able to include all the feat rules. Like that's the thing that yep. makes it different from, you know, just a journal is that Paizo basically gave us the source files for the core rule book and, and a whole bunch of books. And we've been able to just to take those wholesale, you know, design them a little differently and put them in our book. So something that just, you couldn't do without being arrested um, without, you know, having a, you know, the license. Cease and desist. Right. Exactly. A cease and desist. <laughs> but that's been great. 
So one of the, I mean, one of the other things is, and we've kind of hit hit on it, but the idea of like specific stories when we've loved having character sheets, and honestly, the other version of that is to just mm-hmm. kind of exemplify the point of when we really wished we had better ones, um, because I definitely have both um, that I can think of. So, I mean, I can start there or yeah. which. Okay, cool. So I also have them in front of me because I knew they were right behind me. Um, <laughs> so I played uh, in a Star Wars campaign where I played a Wookiee because that's, I, I mean, I actually Why have, not? A, I have, well, I have a rental quality um, Wookiee uh, <laughs> costume as well. But and you were looking when, for an excuse to wear it. <laughs> um, no, I guess after that game, I was just looking for an excuse to buy it because those are in a different <laughs> order. Um, but I literally, literally wrote down the ha 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 pet because i had a kawakian monkey lizard as it and i drew a picture of a a piece of pipe that i put two droid arms on that i used to hit people with like that's literally like all the notes i have (laughs) oh nope it won't go oh yeah it's gonna be background but i'll i'll probably put an image up of it but like just even me taking that much time on a single Mm -hmm. sheet of college ruled paper like i can remember almost everything about that that game um, yeah that I, like rolled this really high base the equivalent in that system of a natural 20 and like killed the big bad when they should have been the <laughs> recurring character like because i right. shot down their speeder <laughs> and like there's just certain things in those games where like if it goes bad it goes it goes dead and way so, bad yeah so that's one of mine Any, anybody else can think about specific character sheets when i think about you know i we i tell the story of tanner and all that but i don't actually have you know any any of his character sheets i have a lot of character sheets from the next character i created uh who was a a a dwarven cleric and he ended up sticking with the party a little longer he he didn't make quite as many foolish uh foolish moves but they're still there i mean you know i only have sort of sporadic character sheets from like certain times and i played that character over 15 years and if i had had one place where i could have kept all that information together. I mean, there were all of these, there was this whole section of adventuring that we were in Greyhawk and going around and, you know, to be able to have some of those notes and memories. And, you know, for example, there was, there was a period of time back in the nineties, I think, when I actually, I played a, a, you know, sort of a, a campaign by post where I was just emailing back and forth with, with John, actually the DM. And so he was DMing me on this sort of solo, uh, adventure, we would just do it by email and we'd just we'd be at work and, you know, he'd come up with it. He'd email me something and then I'd email it back. But the thing about that was because it was all written, I ended up saving it. I copied it yeah. all and put it into a Word document and it ended up being like an 85 page document because, you know, we did it for a couple of years yeah. just, you know, on our spare time. And so to have all of that written down and sort of that character of, you know, Vel, Vel Grayson, the, the, the arcane trickster, you know, having all that wealth of knowledge is just, it's fun to go back and look at it. And so, you know, the times when I've been able to do it, you know, sort of unintentionally because it was, we were doing it by email is amazing. And so I just, I look for opportunities now to try to write as much of that stuff down as possible because it's just so much fun to go back and and remember the, you know, not just like the great move I did, but, you know, the side, the sort of love interest story that, you know, that went south or, you know, whatever that might be. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, like I like I said, it's it's very rare that I get to play, but I I know I have I have collected certain uh, players' characters that I've been able to <laughs> use in their character sheets. 
but also I've been able to, as a DM, observe how different players around uh, my games um, use their character sheets. And I've seen um, some of uh, some of my players will literally have like a binder that they make. It's like this is this campaign's character binder and they keep in it their character sheet with all their necessary information. They'll keep in it uh, any maps and handouts and things. And they just have a really nice um, setup for mm-hmm. um, that campaign with that character. And um, our listeners to the show might remember uh, Chris's character, Sanjin from one of our campaigns. And I, I remember Chris like would, constantly while we were playing the game at the table be taking breaks to just write down notes and write down notes and write down notes and he would go home and create uh like you were talking about paul like actually he'd create journal entries of his character mm-hmm. as we were on the ship voyage uh very like classic like day 23 the sea is rough you know <laughs> but he'd, he'd take those yeah, notes yeah. that he wrote down and he'd create real journal entries which would be added into his character sheet and we got to enjoy that all together mm. by hearing what journal entries he wrote down and yeah and then i have other other players who they have tacked on their different rules from the books that add on to uh specific things that their characters can do and mm. uh, you really can see the differences between play styles come out and what is valued in in what people put into their character sheets that's for sure yeah absolutely yeah i think man i have too many thoughts that's that's my <laughs> current my current issue because all of like the countless ideas and i think you have to figure you i mean this this is just echoing what we often say is that you need to figure out what works best for your players obviously right whatever you choose in this regard is going to help you as the dm because you're having more information that is saved along the way Mm -hmm. but i can also think of one character that i played that basically what i did was print out somewhat like the D &D beyond version of what can i do when i can do things like what are my (laughs) actions what are my bonus actions but also even just like a like kind of and it made me think of world of warcraft more than anything else but like kind of what's my rotation like because i can rp easy enough but then i've kind of forget how to do the thing with the dice sometimes and but because in the same way that like i think that's one of the one of the more disappointing situations a player can find themselves in is after a battle happens like reviewing their character sheet and being like oh wow i could have made that much easier or even just more fun for myself had i remembered (laughs) i had these things um so i think like just really figuring out what can you add to how you how you do character sheets Mm -hmm. um i think is just the bet like a really good question to ask yeah. And also, I, you know, I think the more players know and remember and, and sort of own their own sort of player's history, like the people they've met in the past and the things they've happened. I mean, it just adds to the role playing. Right. I mean, yeah. as a DM, you know, it's so much fun to you know bring that character back that, you know, you encountered whatever a year ago or and have a new interaction with them. But it's also really disappointing if when you do that, the player is like, wait, who is that? You know, it sort of like kind of takes away a lot of the fun. But, you know, if the, you know, if the players are able to go back and look at their notes and be like, oh, that's right. We had this whole thing and I saved the guy from the, you know, from the pit and then, you know, whatever. And he promised he would do this for me. And now, you know, now he's a, he's back again. So, you know, I just think that that whole role playing aspect, that whole storytelling aspect just becomes so much richer when the players can really be 
you know, fully invested. And you know, not that they have to, you know, write everything down all the time, but the more they're able to sort of keep track of it and remember that uh, and really own that stuff, I think the just the, the richer the storytelling ends up being for everybody. Well, and like thinking about ways that like a DM can work with their players with something that's physical, like a character sheet to to help bring about importance to the story that's being told. I like as you were talking, I was like, yeah. And what if a DM like hands a player a specific sheet that has like images and the name of like an NPC that to you as the DM, you're saying, yeah, this person is important. And yep. you can write down whatever you want. I can't stand this guy. This guy annoys me. I love this guy. Yep. Like he gave me this item, like whatever they want to put down. But for you mm-hmm. to actually like invest in your players in having some sort of handout like that, that they can add to their character sheet would certainly uh, go a long way to helping them remember, especially like, I don't know, for me, I'm a visual person. So if I get like a, a picture along with it on a sheet, that's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what that person looks like it's going to help me remember. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and it's all of those things. I mean, that's just where, you know, it's a, you know, it, it's tough during this time when we're all, you know, remote as opposed to sitting around a table. But that's the thing that we've always, I mean, the reason why we started the company is we just love getting that stuff at the table. Like we love just handing out the picture or, you know, that hand-drawn map or diagram or, you know, whatever that thing is um, just makes it richer and just makes it that much more fun. So. Uh, the more we can do that, the more places we can come up with things like that, uh, the better. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a game that's based around the imagination and that is wonderful. But every now and then when you can feel something in your hand and pass yeah. it to a player, there's this moment like where you see players like eyes light up. I, I will never forget when um, there was an NPC who was dying uh, in, in one of my games I knew that the story was had a potential to getting to this point. So I had taken the time to write like a letter from this NPC, like a, a goodbye farewell note. Uh, and I, you know, I, uh-huh. I did the whole like dipping it with tea bags so that it like, it, it got that oldish look to it. Mm-hmm. And as this character was dying, I had him pass it to one of the PCs who then passed it on to another PC who wasn't there, but the player was sitting at the table and I knew that I had won when that uh-huh. player started reading this like letter and tears started running down his face. And I was like, I did not expect this, but I'm like, yes, that's what winning in D and D is. God, when, exactly. When you exactly make it right. a, a person cry over a, uh, <laughs> a fictional character who's died. Yeah. When it, winning in D and D or in role-playing games, I mean, winning is when you get, when you get people to care, to yeah. commit and care experiences and engage, together. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you have the when you when you experience emotions and you commit to the story, I mean that's winning. That's the great part about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great story. Awesome. Yeah, I can think of oh, this is a terrible character. I, I feel like it was a terrible character, but the one that I really wish I had because of more specific information is that my go-to was always a dwarven cleric, and uh-huh. um, that I just liked it. I was okay. Everyone liked that I liked it because like it was classic. Like, oh, I don't want to play a cleric. I'm just like, well, then you're not doing it right. Like, it's easy <laughs> enough. Like, you can do other things. So I rolled pretty well until I got to charisma, and I ended up with a three. Um, <laughs> dim, dimmed breaks on that. Um, but my thing was just like, okay, he just he he's in a different headspace than the rest of the world. <laughs> he is to the beat of his own drum and couldn't care yep. less. 
And that's totally fine for him. I think at one point I covered myself in like phosphorescent fungus and I didn't even have a deity. And then from then on, it was just Papa Smurf because it was blue. Um, (laughs) I acted like a manticore after we killed one Um, and just crazy things. But like, I don't I don't remember like. Part of me would also think like, what, like, what else did I do as this character? Because I was <laughs> off. I would, I didn't even know where rails existed. Um, and just also like, what did I do mechanically though? Cause like, mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting character. Cause I know the stories, but like, what did I look like? How did I operate that character from a mechanical perspective? Cause I think that would, right. but I have no, I don't have it. So that kind of thing. That's I know, funny. Bummed. Now I'm bummed out. It's hilarious though. I I loved it because I got into a pit and I was just like, I rolled through it like for stone cutting and he's like, well, it seems like a freshly dug pit. I'm like, and then I just kept telling everyone constantly. I'm like, I don't know if you guys heard, but this is a freshly dug pit. And it's like, that doesn't help us at all. I'm like, but it does. So with that hilarity, we will kind of close out because we, we always like to say homework. Um, What do we have for Mm -hmm. Homework, like things that people could go see, go read, go watch that would help with this conversation. This is a pretty niche conversation when it comes to that. So do you guys have any ideas of what people could go look at other than Beetle and Grimm's Complete Character Chronicles now on Kickstarter? Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, I'd look at the Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I just think that what this conversation, like the whole idea of character sheets, I mean, as we've been talking, I mean, it's really the stats and the details of the character sheet are an important part, but really it's the stories and the writing. And and I would just, I would say, you know, now is the, would be a great time to go and, and just look at, you know, adventure stories that people have written about their own characters. I mean, just see how people are writing stuff. You know, people are drawing pictures and posting them of their characters. I mean, that's, even if you're not a, a great artist, I mean, it's still so much fun to draw you know, pictures of your character, pictures of, of uh, the people that you've met. Or, you know, I, another great thing is what I would do is, you know, just write down what you remember, whether it's like technically like as a real journal or it's just, you know, remembering, you know, what happened. The act of writing, the act of storytelling, I think is always valuable. Yeah, I think, I think for me, I, I would say look for any needs that you have at the table and try to think about is there a way that that need can be met through a character sheet uh, like whether like in addition to a character sheet if you have items that are being handed out and are being forgotten about well could you hand out a sheet that goes along with the characters that is specifically for different types of items if you i don't know if you guys have this at your table but there are certain players that sit at my table that we can be 15 sessions in and they won't remember the name of the other player characters that they've been journeying with for years now. (laughs) And what if you had an addition to the character sheet that had little boxes with images? Uh, I mean, everybody's got different skills that there are people listening. Some of you have amazing Photoshop skills and abilities to create character sheets of your own and like a sheet that is specifically for the other members of your party where you can have images that you put in and each player write can that write down, down the I name. I can see you writing it down in your head. <laughs> write it down on paper. Can write down the name, can write down what other interesting facts that they want to remember about that character. I think there's a whole bunch of things that if as DMs we are looking at the character sheet is not just, oh, that's what the players need to worry about, but something that we can come alongside and say, how can we help them through this 
physical thing play this game better, contribute to the story better, there are ways to look for that. And I mean, all, all of you DMs out there are super creative. I'm sure you'll come up with fantastic ideas uh, of that on your own. You don't need us telling you. But uh, certainly uh, make sure to check out what's already online. Check out this fantastic Kickstarter uh, for brainstorming and supporting and all of that. And on that particular note, Paul, where can people go to see what you're doing, hear what you're doing? Um, just like the pertinent information on the old Internet. So the uh, best way to do it is Beetleandgrims.com. Beetle spelled the British way and A-N-D for and. Beetleandgrims.com. Follow us on Twitter at Beetleandgrims. Facebook, uh, Beetleandgrims Pandemonium Warehouse. Instagram. And yeah, and on the Kickstarter, just search for Beetle or Grim or Pathfinder. Uh, we're there. One thing I want to just, one, one cool thing about the Kickstarter that I want to add that we're excited about is we're actually creating a new set, uh, a new product that's being added with that, which are class specific dice sets, mm. which are these cool tins with this, with this uh, class specific art. And then the, the, the dice that you get are specific to your class. The example being, if you're a rogue, you get a whole extra set of red uh. D6s, right? If you're a cleric, you get a whole bunch of extra D8s hmm. for heal and smite. If you're a paladin, you get some D8s and you get D12s for two-handed weapons. So we went through, we went through all of the different classes and we thought, you know, what is the specific set of dice? Everybody gets the base set, but what are the sort of the extra ones that you need for your character? Yeah. Again, just trying to make it that much more sort of unique and custom. And that's really cool. And that's that's in the on, on the Kickstarter as well. And you can add those on to the to the Chronicles. But those are and the art on those is amazing by an artist named uh, Lee Ju. Yeah. Paul, are you saying that uh, players out there don't like if they're playing a rogue rolling the same D6 over and over again and adding it up in their head and keeping track? Are you saying that? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm saying that. Yeah, they don't like I think, that. I'm also I saying everybody that knows if I'm ro- if I'm playing a rogue one day yeah. and I'm playing a ranger the next day. Yes. I can't use the same dice yep. for the ranger that yep. I'm using for the rogue. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. It's just, it is what it is. Don't you dare steal from me the joy of feeling like my hands aren't big enough when I get a crit on a sneak attack. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> Very good. Well, awesome. Paul, we just want to thank you for coming on, spending some time with us, talking about character sheets, uh, clearly us giving you ideas, you giving us ideas, yeah. and hopefully all of three of us giving great ideas to our listeners. Absolutely. This has been great. Thank you guys so much. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, time just flew by. Uh, and thanks again for the opportunity. It's been great. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have you on, be able to have you on sometime in the future. There you go. We just want to thank Paul again for coming on and spending some time with us, enlightening us on how to level up our character sheets and maybe even our abilities as a DM. As always, if you liked this and want to get a hold of us about how you've been using character sheets at your table, you can always email us at dungeonmaster block at gmail.com and of course head over to your podcatcher of choice and leave a review that we'll read on air and if you want to follow us on the socials you can always find us at dms underscore block that's at dms block on twitter and of course you can like us on facebook and catch all of our updates there as always the dungeon masters block is a proud member of the block party podcast network where you can check out other shows like dungeons and dragons and daughters detentions and dragons and more And as always, we want to thank you for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. 
I'm DM Neil. Good night and good luck and keep on dungeon mastering. Goodbye.